Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed, we'll help you keep it running, too. That's for the help we get from our friend Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I hope you are the same. I am. And you guys had a busy week uh, probably at Lloyd's this week, huh, with the various weather conditions. <laughs> you know, we can't make up our mind what we're going to do if we're going <laughs> to fix the heater core or the air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> I bet. We're stuck in the middle here, aren't we? Indeed we are. Dan has helped us out for many, many years here on CCO. If you have any car or truck van issues, uh, give us a call or send a text. They're calling in right now, Dan. Uh, let me give you the number, 651-989-9226. Dan's going to be with us for about another half hour or so. So if you uh, have a question, don't wait. Get, get get it to us either, again, by phone or by text. Now, the text number is 81807, 81807. Uh, Dan, uh, it's, uh, before we even get into it now, you're, you're celebrating someone's birthday, are you not? I am. You know, we, we, uh, I'm actually in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, and it has been raining hard here all night, but I'm down here. Uh, Little House in the Prairie the, area. Little House in the Prairie, indeed. Yeah, they have a pageant in a park. But anyway, I'm down here. My mother-in-law of 40 years is celebrating her 90th birthday uh, yesterday, and so she, we came down to take her out for dinner, and Arliss Orada uh, turned 90 yesterday. And I'll wow. tell you what, she is the best 90-year-old I have ever met. She she is just sharp as a tack, and we come down and take her out for dinner, and she just hops right up into my big <laughs> SUV, and, and no problem. She still drives her car, and she still lives at home and takes care of herself, and she's doing just great. So, we, sh- we should yeah. all be that lucky, huh? Uh, you know, she is an example, and it's been good, clean living, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, that leaves but me happy, out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to our Oh, that's fantastic. Happy birthday. 90. Good yeah. deal. All right. Uh, text, so, her, uh, text number is, yeah, wish her the best from us, will you please? I will. I sure will. She, uh, I just did. You just, oh, you just, just heard <laughs> it, I'm sure. Okay, good deal. <laughs> well, we uh, are expecting more rain showers, and in the, in the texture, which came in earlier today, said, please ask Dan, how often should one change your windshield wipers? Well, I change mine every year for sure. Once a year for uh, you. You know, and you'll, 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 it's one of those things that's hard to measure because they gradually get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, they're due when if they start to tear a little bit or if they're leaving streaks on your window. But, you know, after you take the old ones off and put the new ones on and compare the difference, it's like, wow, I don't know why I waited so long. <laughs> Night and uh, it is remarkable. Are there differences you know in quality? There are. Okay. It, it, wipers are one of those things you get what you pay for. Okay. And, uh, so, so get the good quality ones. But, you know, one thing we should talk about <clears throat> with Weather Denny is the, uh, you know, this past week we had some of those torrential rains that come through that mm. caused some, some spot flooding. Yeah. And uh, we should warn people that do not drive through a big puddle. <laughs> yep. You know, cars cars are not made for that they're they're uh 
brakes do not work properly in deep water like that. And uh, if water happens to seep into the car, you know, through the doors, you know, the doors are not sealed that tightly where water will leak in. And if water leaks into the to the floorboard of the car, cars, all the or many of the computers and stuff are under the seats and mm-hmm. under the floorboards, all the wiring harness and all that. So they're they are not made to be submarines like that. Yeah. And not not only that, if you happen to get through deep enough water where the car sucks uh, um, water into the engine, it actually wrecks the engine. It'll hydro lock and and bend the uh, the crankshaft yeah. and ruin the engine. So, so don't drive through those warning. puddles. Yeah, do not. You know, just stop. If pull over to the side of the road and stop and wait for the big puddles to go away, and it's not worth ruining your car over just to uh, to get through the puddles. You might think it's shallow, but it could be really deep or well, deep, and deep it, enough. And it, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, when you when you see those when you see the the big trucks going through them, doesn't mean that your low car is going <laughs> to get through right, them. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, good, good, uh, good idea. Uh, good thoughts. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the phone number. Becky in Coon Rapids is uh, first up here. Becky, you're on with Dan. Yes. Good morning. I have a 2000 Saturn. Uh, it's got about 146,000 miles, and it's been idling rough. Uh, we did get a, co- a code when we scanned it, and I've been trying a couple different things. But my question for you is: when I turned on the air conditioner last week. The rough idle mm-hmm. went away. So why would the air conditioner change that? Well, because when you turn on the air conditioner, it turns the idle up a little bit. Because because with the air conditioner, you're putting a you're putting a load on the engine. The computer knows that, and it turns the idle up a little bit. What was the code for the idle? Do you remember, or for the um, in the computer? I I don't have it written down here. Someone else has it for me. Yeah. Well, anyway. That the answer to your question is it turns the idle up. So the, uh, obviously something's going on with the idle, uh, because and, and also it's good to know that the car is capable of controlling it. So mm-hmm. one thing that I would recommend if uh, on a car that has poor idle quality, oftentimes if you just have the intake throttle body cleaned, it makes a big difference on idle quality. So if you take it into your shop and ask them to see what the code is about and, and, and you know if that's not related to idle uh, and if there is no code related to idle then I would recommend that you just have your throttle body cleaned and I bet you'll uh, find great results with that. Okay um, we did clean the throttle body and, and replace the spark plugs and wires and then there was one more thing that you know went online and suggested what the um, the code should do but uh, I wasn't the mechanic working on it so I don't remember what the code was, yeah. but I appreciate the, the thoughts on that. All right, very good. Thanks, hey, well, Becky. Good, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck indeed. All right, Dan, hang on. We're going to take a quick break, inviting our listeners to, if you have a car care question for Dan, uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, text us, and we're going to get to, to those too. Text us at 81807 if that's easier for you. We'll uh, pick up on your text messages as well as more phone calls here on CCO's Car Care Show every Saturday in the 7 o'clock hour. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, who is on uh, located, I should say, in Grand Ave. Where exactly are you guys located at Lloyd's? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between uh, Lexington and Victoria. 
you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S. Actually, uh, a brand new website that we just uh, kicked off this Monday. So go check that out. You'll I will do that. You'll see all the pictures of the shop and all the guys and, and a list of all the things that we do. So, Or you can give us a call. Jim will be there this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. All right. Uh, Dan is answering your questions. Dan, we got a lot of them. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Uh, Diane is calling from Invergrove with a question. Go ahead, Diane. Hi, I have a 2010 Chrysler Town and Country. My husband says it downshifts hard when it comes to a slow stop, to a slow stop like a stop sign. I say mm-hmm. it feels like the engine's going to drop out. It's like a clunk and a jerk. And um, well, I guess what, we, we had it in at the shop, and for some other things, they had it happen to them. They couldn't really put their finger on it. I, I guess I want to know if there's anything that can be done, if it's serious, if it's a transmission, if it's going to leave me by the side of the road. You know, if you take it to a shop that's uh, comfortable with transmission work, uh, you might have them check that. Because what we can do is put our our, uh, computer equipment on your car Uh and watch when the transmission is shifting. And if it's downshifting late, sometimes there is some things that can be done with that. Sometimes it's simple, like, uh, you know, maybe just updating some computer software uh, sometimes it's maybe there's an electrical solenoid that's sticking or or working late or not working properly, and uh, that'll cause a, a hard downshift like that. And sometimes that stuff can be fixed um, pretty pretty easily without taking the transmission out of the car. Mm. Okay. And you know if if you have an expert drive it and experience it, uh, that would be a that that would also be a big help. So if if the shop you're working with wasn't comfortable with, maybe you should try another another opinion and and uh, let them experience and I, and I think you'll get some good information from them. Okay. But it can be it can be diagnosed. We can get the information and uh, and see what's going on with that. But I bet it is I bet it is transmission related, and I and I bet it is downshifting late and hard because they do do that sometimes. And Diane, you're in Invergrove. You're not all that far from Lloyd's either. Okay. Well, thank you. You guys have really taught me a lot. Good deal. All right. Thanks, Diane. Appreciate that. Uh, Let's see who has been waiting there. It would be Tom, who's calling from Maplewood. Go ahead, Tom. Morning. I have a 2011 Chevy Cruze, and I was following it it yesterday, and the brake lights are sticking for like half a mile and stuff, and I was wondering if it could be the switch or the booster, and can I change both of them myself, or... Is there a way to... You know, the, the switch is a real easy one to check yourself and to diagnose yourself. Um, if, if you just are able to squeeze down there by the, uh, by the brake pedal, you'll see some wires go into a switch and, and a little tab that actually hits the, the brake pedal itself. And that's mm-hmm. what turns the brake lights on and off. Maybe that has just somehow got out of adjustment. That could be what it is. Or it's quite common for those to stick also. Um, when you step on the brake, most commonly the, the little plunger is is uh, stuck in the out position, which is what turns the light on. And so, so sometimes that uh, that plunger gets stuck and then the uh, the brake lights stay on. But that's a pretty common thing. I'll bet that's what it is. I'll bet it is which. Okay. And, uh, so if you could, if you find it, 
then it's uh, pretty easy to get. And, and pay attention when you take it out because it needs to be adjusted back into the position that it's in right now. All right. Very good. Good luck with that, Tom. We have to take a quick break here, Dan. We've got a couple of callers we want to help out and then a bunch of text messages, too. So we'll get to those, too. So hang on. Dan Burns is with us from Lloyd's Automotive on this Saturday morning. Light rain now. 47 degrees here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to the remaining minutes of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here. Dan Burns is helping us out, as he always does, for many years here. ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's. Uh, Dan, we've got callers. We have texters. So let's uh, let's put you back to work here. Bill in Minneapolis has been waiting. Go ahead, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, see, I got a 2002 Buick Park Avenue, and the rear window defogger doesn't seem to work. I've checked the fuse going to it, and that's good. Is there any other switching? or? Well, yeah, there's switches and stuff, but the easiest way to check it is if somewhere there's two wires that there's two wires that are connecting actually to that grid, you know, in the window itself. And if you just check between those two wires, one of those wires is going to be power. The other one is going to be ground. And between those two wires, you should have battery voltage. If you do have battery voltage back there, then the problem is in the window grid itself. And most commonly, that requires actually replacing the window. Mm. Uh, that you know that grid is or that grid is an integrated part of it. So okay. uh, check for power and ground back there. If you don't, I assume when you push the button, the light comes on, uh, and so forth. So I assume the switch is working, or at least it looks like the switch is working. But that doesn't always necessarily mean that it is working. So the next place I would go after finding out whether I have power and ground in the rear is uh, to the switch and, and see what's going on there. Okay. But, yeah, you're on the right track, starting with the fuse. Now see if you're getting power back there. And uh, if you are getting power back there, then you're done. You just need a, a rear window. Wow, okay. Thank you, Bill. Good luck with that. Lorraine is calling from St. Louis Park. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. Uh, I have a 2011 Equinox, and I'm having trouble with the air conditioner. Can you help me with that, please? Sure. What's going on? It's not, it's not blowing cold or it's not Cr- blowing? It's, uh, there's nothing up by the windshield. And it's not coming out, you know, forcefully. And I, I'm concerned about having it cooler when I drive. And also, if I got steam, I, I wouldn't even be able to clear the windshield, you know, if it was sweaty. Yeah. Is it cold or is it uh, is it blowing warm? Uh, there's a little bit of cool on the dashboard and maybe down by the floorboard. Yeah. Well, here's what's going on. There's there's a couple things that could block the air, the qual- the quantity of air that's going on. One is that the uh, that the cabin air filter has gotten plugged, plugged enough where it's like a furnace filter. If uh, if your furnace filter gets plugged, there's not enough air going through it, and that could be causing your trouble. Uh, let's hope that's what's causing your trouble because that's easy to fix. Uh, but you can just have your shop check the cabin air filter and and see if that makes a difference. If not. And if you're still getting really poor air quality, what often happens is the evaporator core in the dash or, you know, the part that actually makes it cool, uh, that sometimes will leak. When it leaks, it leaks an oily residue out. And that oily residue then, of course, catches all the dirt and dust that's going through it and, uh, and plugs the evaporator core. 
And if that's the case, then it's a pretty big deal. Um, but at any at any rate, if you bring it in and and just tell the, your shop that it's that is blowing poor air quality, those are the step the steps that they're going to take, and they'll be able to diagnose that for you. And like I say, I hope it's just that that filter is plugged. Uh, and if it is, you can change that filter very easily. They can change that filter very easily, and uh, that may make a big difference for you. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Lorraine. Uh, let's see. The texters. We don't want to forget the texters before you go, Dan. Uh, here's one. My th- it's, this is a Stratus, by the way. It does not say what year. My three blowers went out twice in my Stratus. I can only use my heat air on high. What's next? What's the cause? You think? Oh, that's the that's the blower motor resistor. When you have the fan uh, turned all the way up on high, it's completely bypassing the resistor and running off full battery voltage. When you turn it down to one of the lower speeds, it goes through this resistor, and uh, that that resistor uh, is what actually slows the fan down, and your resistor has failed. So if you just do a a web search for uh, uh, the blower motor resistor on your particular car, you can find it, or if you bring it into your shop, they'll know exactly what it is and be able to change it quickly for you. Oh, that's good. Excellent. Lower motor resistor. Lower motor resistor. Texter yep. says, I have a 99 Passat with a 1.8 turbo. I'm wondering why on takeoff it is really doggy and feels like a big sloshy water tank as you're trying to speed up. It's got 239,000 miles on it. Texter wants to know anything cheap I can do to fix this. Yeah, no, it's tired. That's what's wrong. It's tired. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, would, I would guess the turbo is not working properly uh. anymore. Um, oftentimes if we scan the computer, we can get, um, information about the turbo and see if there's any trouble codes about the turbo in there. But there's, you know, in order for the turbo to work, there's valves that need to open and valves that need to close in order for the pressure from the turbo to get into the, uh, into the manifold. And if that's not happening, uh, properly, then of course, uh, a 1.8 engine that isn't, it doesn't have turbo assist is a pretty small engine and it's not going to perform very well. So I would, I would just take it in and and see if they can get some information about the turbo. Uh, If the turbo itself has failed, uh, that's not going to be inexpensive at all. That's going to be a pretty big deal for you. So there probably is not something simple for you to do yourself. Texter says the air compressor in my 2003 Oldsmobile van is getting very noisy. Can I just let it fail or do I need to replace it? Well, um, uh, the only thing wrong with letting it completely fail, if it's getting noisy, it's like a small engine, actually. And if it's getting noisy and you and it completely you know, locks up and completely fails, oftentimes it fills the whole air conditioning system with debris, which makes it a big deal to repair it if ever you do want to repair it. If your intent is that you're never going to repair it, then uh, it probably would be just fine for you to go ahead and let it fail. You have to bear in mind, though, that in order for the rest of the components to turn, the air conditioning uh, clutch or, or the pulley needs to continue to turn, too. So that's one little wrinkle you'll have to be aware of is, is you know, they still need to route a belt over the air conditioning compressor or the, you know, the belt won't work properly and, and you won't be able to turn your alternator and water pump and all the other things. So, 
All right. You know what? It's, I th- it's, a, it's, it's a little bit risky to just let it fail. To I guess that fail. would be my point. All right. Good answer. I think we have time, Dan, for one more call. Alice in St. Louis Park is on the line. What's your question, Alice? I have a 2013 Dodge Avenger, and it has like 70,000 miles on it. And recently, it has started to make like firecracker noises underneath my glove box. And then I would shut the car off and it would stop. But now it comes on when I'm driving. What in the heck is it? Boy, I can't think of anything under the dash that would be that loud, uh, that would be causing a noise like that. I wonder if, if one of the doors in the uh, air conditioning system is trying to move and not able to move, and it's being run by an electric motor, and those electric motors will sometimes snap like that. But I would I would recommend that you bring that into a shop pretty quickly uh, and let a professional listen to that noise and be sure that it's safe for you because uh, if, if there's something that loud going on, there's something significant happening, and that would kind of worry me. So it I think does, you should get, yeah. get, get some professional advice on that. I think you'd be better off. Thank you. All right, Alice, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, Texter says, and remember we were talking about, especially with all this rain, uh, Dan, you, you recommended don't be driving through, you know, big puddles thinking that, you know, your, your car is an amphibious vehicle. Don't do it. Well, Texter says this, why is it okay to have undercarriage spray at a car wash but not to drive through a puddle? Well, because the under the undercarriage spray is just a little bit of water, it's actually cleaning the undercarriage. If you let water actually flow into the car, that's what wrecks it. Or if you let enough water in to the engine, you know, a quantity of water that the engine sucks up through the intake, uh, that wrecks the engine. So the difference is the quantity of water that you're dealing with, a, a spray versus a puddle or That's versus, right. you know, a, a lake. Especially being being forced into it as you're driving through. Being that submerged, yeah. yeah. Uh, Texter says, my kid has a 2007 Dodge Caravan 3.3 V6, got about 140,000 miles on it for the past few months now. Every once in a while while he fills the gas tank full, it runs bad for the first mile, then it's good the rest of the tank. It does have a code for a small vapor leak, and I was told that could be anything. We gave it a tune-up. No, that is what's wrong with it. The evaporative system is not working properly, so... You need to take that code seriously. That's what's causing it. What's happening is when you're fueling the car, one of the solenoids in the evaporative system is not closing like it's supposed to. Um, and because it's not closing, it's letting gas vapor or liquid into the engine and flooding the car. And that's why it's running poorly for a while until it, until it sucks enough air through to clean that extra gas vapor out. So... That's if it. you go after that evaporative code and get the evaporative system repaired, that will uh, fix that flooding problem after you fuel also. Dan, we have to run. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Well, you can give us a call. Jim will be there this morning at 651-228-1316. You can check out our new website at Lloyd's Automotive, L-L-O-Y-D-S, Lloyd'sAutomotive.net. Or come on over anytime. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Good deal. Dan, I will see you back here next week, I hope. In studio.
radio next week. You bet. Okay. Very good. Thanks, Dan. We'll, we'll see you then. Dan Burns back from Lloyd's Automotive next week here on CCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.